Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. Oh, yes, quite literally, get in and here we are. Delighted and thrilled to have the wonderful human being, David Hyatt, not just confirming you're a human being, but the lovely, gorgeous human <laughs> being, David Hyatt, in the clearing. I've been after you for some time. I don't know if you know this, but I've become a bit of a pet stalker in a healthy way. Um, I first knew about you way back when, when you founded Howie's, because we had people in common. There was a lovely carrot-topped individual who sold me one of my first mountain bikes called uh, Adrian. Okay. Big okay. carrot-top. <laughs> um, and then I know that you, since that's way back in the past, you sold Howie's to Timberland. But anyway, it's the do lectures that really, really hooked me and intrigued me. And I'm really excited um, to curate you through the journey of the Good Listening To show. And I'd like to talk to you, if I may, about the word that's really excited me in recent months, which is the word polymath, because I'm so enamored <laughs> by how much you need to go and find different things to do, which I find very, very relatable. But you're all about community. And congratulations for the Do Lectures, because that's become an, a global entity where I think of your own copy within the Do Lectures uh, website. About 150 million people have seen some of the, you know, where the best minds come. You know, the Do Lectures, as you know, are curated gatherings that will inspire you to do. And, you know, I'm just playing a bit of happy smoke at you. You will be able to speak at <laughs> the moment. I've even come to watch you facilitate on uh, how to have big ideas. And I'd love to discuss that too, because I loved it. Um, I, I also, um, because I work in the world of uh, coaching and facilitation, um, I, I hopefully have hooked you in by the fact I've got some feedback for you as well, which I'm, yeah. I'm joking about because I loved what you do. Anyway, I've been after you for some time, but uh, David Hyatt, uh, founder of uh, the Do Lectures, and I know you run Hyatt Denim as well, which is all about community yeah. in your community of Cardigan. Welcome yeah. to the Good Listening To Show. My pleasure and uh, excited to be here. And um, uh, I mean, I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while, so <laughs> mostly my my uh, my issues. But um, uh, and by the way, one, of the, sort of in... one of the things I really enjoyed about you when I first reconnected was you are and you said this even in one of your in the do purpose thing, which was you're incredibly discerning in the right way about what you say yes to. And also you're incredibly careful about what you say no to. And that gave me the confidence in any case, because I'm really fired by the adage, until you ask the question, the answer is always going to be no. So then I thought, ha ha, I'm just going to ask you the question and I'm very relaxed whether it's a yes or no. But may I just say, I'm really, really delighted that you have said yes. Oh, brilliant. I think, yeah, there's, there's so many things that we can say yes to and we can spread ourselves too thin. And, and uh, I think when I, we've all gone through periods of doing that and actually what happens is you don't do your best work by spreading yourselves thin. 
So I, I, I'm there going, well, if I can only do three talks or then let's go and do the work to make them the best you can. And um, as busy as you can, I think there's a there's a period in your life where you need to be as busy as, as you can. And then uh, there's a there's a point where you become good at something. You go, right, I want to be the best I can be, not the busiest I can be. And and it's it's really just distinctions, really. And I'm particularly excited to have you now. I have been chasing you for a while, but actually it's great because you've come into the podcast at an inception point, which I'm very excited about. It's the all new Good Listening To show, which is stories of distinction and genius. And I'm happy to say that you have a very distinct story, but also not just to blow some smirk at you. I think what you're doing in the polymath world is quite ingenious in any case in some of the choices that you're making. And so um, welcome to the Genius Club. And I'm very excited that you are <laughs> number one in the all new for 2023 uh, version of where I'm going okay. with Storyscape. Wow. wow, that's nice. <laughs> so uh, first question, um, I described you as a polymath. If I may just shock you with a slightly blunt question, first of all, um, if we're swimming alongside you in the sea or I meet you in a, in a context where I don't know who you are, what's your favorite way of answering or avoiding when someone goes, oh, hello, you look interesting. What do you do? What's, what's your favorite way of either answering or avoiding that? Um, I think if, if somebody's asking, I, I, I tend to, um, you know, to say I'm, like an entrepreneur um and and it's always difficult because then you know they might know you for the do lectures or they might know you for howie's they might know you for hyatt or they might not they might just know you because you write a bunch of words on on, on the you know social media so um and the, the thing that i am is i'm a serial entrepreneur <laughs> mostly because i kind of like i kind of nobody's going to employ me i'm unemployable on a high degree so I'm gonna. I have to start businesses because that's the only way I can earn a living by employing myself. Tend to be a rough answer. <laughs> and have you been called a polymath before? Uh, I've been called lots of things, but not a polymath. In math, yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you that for free because it, it, it's worth unpacking that word actually because it's very interesting because I, I I need to find lots of distractions you know even in the storyscape behind me there are a couple of uh, squirrels of distraction which we'll get on to so it's just very relatable also um, yeah, yeah. you've got the, 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 you have a picture that i saw on linkedin that just completely made me go nom 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 it's the idea you have in a clearing is a doorway a yellow doorway in the middle of a field that you have and it's just as glorious as a gateway or a portal to a new it says new me on your door um, but I like, because I'm in a clearing and I'm using it as a centerpiece to then get on a bit of a storyscape, I found the image of the yellow front door in your clearing, in your field, close to your cow shed, in Cardigan, just gorgeous. And I, I'm, and I congratulate you for the ingeniousness of having a door in the middle of a field. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I was um, out with some friends and... and, and um... One of my friends is quite. He gets to gets to the point really quick, and 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 he's going, Dave, why is there a door in the middle of your field? And I went, and I said, well, there's a door in the middle of the field. So you would one day ask me the question, why is there a door in the middle of the field? And I mean, a lot of what the do lectures is, it's it's. You know, for most people who don't actually know it, you think, oh, it's a, like an events business, but we're really in the magic business and the myth making business because we only have a hundred customers a year. And 
And our job is to try and get a hundred people to go away and go, you have to go to the do lectures. And, and, and these people like, you know, they come to a life changing uh, event and it can seem like when you sort of say that, it sounds a little bit glib and you go, how is that even possible? But I think people come because they're at a fork in their road. And so do I turn left? Do I turn right? And there's a little bit of moment of clarity you know, in that question. And uh, and I think that's what the do lectures is. And, and in a way, the door really represents like, you know, where you are now is always a, a good starting point. But where do you want to be is another a greater question because it tells you like where's the ambition where's the hope um you know where's the where's the difference and and so the, the door becomes a metaphor for that question really and it completely appeals to my own way of thinking actually and as i'm your copy's gorgeous within the do lecture space you know what you dream is what you do so dream big and do exist to get you from where you are now to where you could be. So it's all about unleashing potential. I know you know all this, but that's just what I found very, very relatable in, in yeah. wanting to talk to you. And uh, it's it's an interesting one. If, if people are listening now and you think, uh, oh, the Do Lectures has got 150 million downloads. It you know, doesn't have problems getting speakers. The tickets sell out you know, in a day. It wasn't always like that. You know, we started with no website. No speaker wanted to come. We couldn't sell tickets, even though we were losing money on every ticket. Do you mean? And I think hopefully, you know, at the end of this, you know, one thing you'll learn from me is I, I do believe in that thing of like you have to prevail. And your, your biggest gift to your idea is not giving up on it and and just going quietly about it each and every day. And and the, and the do lectures has suddenly become people go oh it's amazing but the one thing that we didn't do was quit and it was so easy to because none of the data points that most people look at make sense oh you don't pay yourself for ten years doesn't make any sense or money I mean and yet you know like like well myself and I, I talk about it like me but it's really myself and Claire um, we're a team and we're married and we have kids together we're friends um, and um so like that's that's the thing you just go like you have to prevail at the thing that you love in order to get so good at it then it does make sense and and I, I feel like that's been like part of my and the one thing I'm sort of proud of is that I'm I, I am now got the ability to go yeah okay tomorrow today's been a good day or a hard day but like tomorrow we go again and 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 I think that's you know the, the danger for most people is like they they want the instant answer and it tends to not really exist and um, and I, I think that you know just fall in love with the, the 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 beautiful small win each day and and let them add up and then they they add up a little bit each day and, I and that's okay. Love- I love that you have to prevail tomorrow we go again and and I know that that was one of your strategies actually to prevail during the pandemic I was very struck with one of your Twitter feeds of which I've seen many whereby you had all during the pandemic all your previous live workshop flip charts were in a big stack and rather than dispose of them you realize there's gold in that stack and you started to just upload them almost page by page and therein lies yeah. a prevailing Twitter feed of awesome inspiration. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's. I think we we tend to dismiss perhaps um, work that we've done previously, and and but there's to a lot of people it's new gold, and they've never seen anything you've you've done, so it's absolutely new gold to you. It's only old gold to yourself. Um, but to ninety nine percent of the people on the planet, they're going. I have no idea who David Hyde is, and I've never been to his course. I, I don't know what the Dulatches is. I, you know, I wear jeans, but that's about it. And you know, falling in love with the work that you've done, you've already created old gold, um, but it's new gold to someone else. And I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that stroke, love that too. There's gold in them, thy hills. And in fact, there's gold coming up, alchemy and gold within the construct of this podcast. Huzzah. Uh, so <laughs> should we get you on the open road then of this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Really exciting. So um, first of all, it's going to, well, as you know, thank you for preparing. It's a clearing, a tree, there's some alchemy, some gold, a couple of random squirrels, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So first of all, <laughs> David Hyatt, in your polymathness of awesomeness, wh what is, where is a clearing? What is it for you? Where do you go to get clutter-free, inspirational and able to think? It's kind of, I mean, I, I did have like two in my mind, but I've settled on one and that was um you know the open sea and uh, give you a backstory uh, a friend a local friend um sort of said you know do you fancy going into the sea uh, and it was winter and and i'm going well i'm not a very good swimmer and and i don't like the cold and so um a, a year and a half later we'd been in there pretty much every day and and so that moment of going in the sea where, especially now, winter, it's like super cold, although it's not as cold as it was last year, um, where you're doing hard things and there's a little moment within the hard bit, which is a little sweet spot where you can reset all your stresses and, you know, like your worries for that moment. Because the only thing you're really worried about right, right now is, A, don't drown. And, and and also like like how cold it is and can you survive the cold and but there's a little sweet spot where you have a little moment of beautiful clarity about everything and maybe it lasts I don't actually know how that long that lasts is it a minute is it five minutes I, I don't really know um, but there's a beautiful moment of clearing where you just go ah oh, I can see I can see my worry for what it really is it's it's not a mountain it's a molehill. But also you have these ideas about things. You go, oh, that's that's what I should be doing. And and I, I think the sea is a good place for me. Um, and always when I go in, I, I go, what the hell am I doing? And then always when I come out, I'm going, I'm glad I went in. Love that. Just allowing a bit of silence there. Absolutely gorgeous. So there we are then within navigating the choppy seas of adversity metaphorically but there's that so we're in the sweet spot with you if i may join you and interrupt you at that point and i'm going to arrive now with a, rather comically with a tree in your clearing and i'm going to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out and this is where you've been kind enough to have taken five minutes uh, david hyatt to have thought about four things that have shaped you three things that inspire you two things that never fail to grab your attention and borrow from the film up. That's where the two random squirrels come in with the dog going, well, squirrels, and then a quirky or unusual fact about you we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. So over to you to shake the canopy of the trees within your seascape clearing. So, I mean, the, the, the four things that 
you know, sort of inspire me, it's, I mean, there's many things, but um, I'll tell you a story about, because you're in Bristol right now and Bristol played a big part in my life because I went to college there and I'd, you know, I did my, I left school, I went and picked daffodils for a living. It's really hard. Don't do it. Um, and so I I went back and did my A-levels in one year. I went to college and um, and I went to college and I kind of had a lot of fun and I I didn't do any work. And and therefore in Bristol, there's a telephone box. I had to go into the telephone box and, you know, phone my mom up and tell her that um, I got thrown out of college. And And that was a really hard lesson in terms of well you know, anything that you want you're going to have to work for and 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 there's never going to be a point where you can just cruise and 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 let go and and so that was a really important point in my life in terms of inspired me we're going like i'm gonna have to do some work if i want the things i want and and i had three bags i didn't have any money i had to leave bristol I got thrown out. My mother was actually, she didn't say very much, which is even worse than saying a lot. Um, and I had to go across um, you know, the Seven Bridge and I had three bags because I got a lift as far as um, uh, just the bridge. Um, but because I had three bags, I could only carry two at a time. So it took me hours to get across the bridge because I could take two bags and go back for the other one. And, and in that moment, I just thought like, I don't mind failing as long as I tried my best. And, and so that was a moment of inspiration for me. Um, and I've got to do four things, right? Yes, but that, that was lovely as number one. And yeah, is your um, mum still so with us? Do you mind if I ask? She is just about, but uh, unfortunately she's not well and she's probably not going to get better. And so, um, but that moment of like, I, uh, I can fail, but but as long as I know I've tried my best, and and actually I I didn't try my best at, at college, I didn't try at all. Um, so the the other thing is, um, I'd at sixteen I tried to start a sports brand because I was obsessed, and and I persuaded my dad that I didn't need to do A levels. I kind of knew enough. I definitely didn't, um, and. And he lent me um, a bunch of money. He only had a thousand pounds saved and he lent me 500 pounds. And so he gave me half of his net worth. Um, and within six months, you know, I'd lost the business. Um, um, you know, like I didn't really know what I was doing. And and I had to go and say to him, I'm going to, I'm going to, have to close because I like literally, um, I think, you know, people were on strike and you know, all my customers were on strike and they didn't have any money. And and it was a really hard thing to go at 16, go, you know, had all these dreams and, and then um, the dream went away. And I said to my dad, I said, look, hey, um, um, you know, I'm going to have to close this business. I'm really sorry, you know, I'll let you down. Um, and he said, well, what did you learn? And and I said, well, I learned, I really love it. I, I really love brands and I really want to go and start one one day. And he said, well, so the second piece of learning is now how do you go and be so good 
that you can always do it. Um, and and so he didn't like tell me off, didn't say anything. It's just sort of like, if you really truly, truly love it, it gets so good that you can always do it for the rest of your life, not just for six months. And and in a way, that's why I went, uh, went away and, and did. And um, if I may, there's two beautiful bits of parental love there. One is silence from your mother, and then one wasn't to dash you on the rock of, of disappointment from your father. Yeah. And what have you learned? What a great question. Yeah. And I suppose the other piece of, in, you know, like I, I'm sort of thinking about these things because they actually did shape me quite a lot. And so after I got thrown out of college, I had. I'd had a good time at college and I had a, a quite a nice overdraft to go with it, to prove it. And um, so me and my mate, uh, Charles, we, we decided we'd start a painting business and it was called Slap and Dash. And, and actually we, we set it up in uh, Oxford because that's where he lived. And it was really popular. And But what I learned from painting was 80% of the work of, you know, like painting the house was in the prep. And so your preparation for the house is sanding down, clearing everything, you know, taking all the wallpaper off. Every bit of the job was informed by how well you did the prep. And, and if you didn't do the prep, then the job was terrible. And it's, and it's so easy in life not to do the prep. And, and you suddenly go, so I learned that, you know, from from painting and um and the other thing you know the the fourth thing was really i'd finally after about 150 interviews i got a job at um uh, an advertising company called sachi and sachi and at the time it was like the world's most creative advertising agency and i was 21 i'd been thrown out of college i'd had a business i went uh went out of business in a rapid amount of time and didn't really have any qualifications apart from I could think and and I was dyslexic I was left-handed and and I, I hadn't really read a bunch of books I, I'd read football magazines until I met Claire and but I really did love it and I was around smart people and I really absolutely the joy of learning, the joy of working with amazing people was, I was so incredibly lucky. I was scared as hell because I didn't really want to go back on, you know, being unemployed for a year and a half. It's not, there's only so much beans on toast you can eat. Um, but the thing I learned there was a guy who was CEO of Sarchi's at the time, Louis Dreyfus, came in and said, I'm going to go and buy Adidas. And and I went, ah, oh, man, I always... I already thought he was cool. He, he, he smoked, like, I, I, I don't smoke, by the way, but he smoked a cigar. He wore jeans. Uh, I think he was going out with Kim Bassinger at the time. I don't know if that's actually true. But, but like, who like who cares if it's actually true? Because it's just like, but then he, he came in and said, I'm going to go and buy Adidas. And you think, oh, man, you are now officially the coolest uh, role model I've got in my life. Um, and, he, and he went and bought it. And, so at Sashi's, we pitched for it and everybody thought we were going to get it. But actually, what no one realized at the time was, you know, Charles and Morris had fallen out with uh, Louis Dreyfus. And, and you know, he faxed them, um, you know, that they didn't win the pitch. 
And but at that point, I'd fallen back in love with the thing that I, I already knew I was in love with, which was starting sports brands. And um, so I took a twenty thousand pound pay cut, and I had to go and tell my best mate who I work with, and who was my best man at my uh, wedding, Ajab Samurai Singh, who's a legend, and love him to bits. <laughs> and um, but I had to go and tell my best mate that I was going to leave him, take a pay cut to go and work at an agency because you know they'd won the adidas account and and that was a really hard thing and but what i learned was when whenever i've not was that, was that money, mr was that mr slap and dash by the way is the great friend no that wasn't fc that, that was um that was a, 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 a that was charles valentine legate pierce who was also a legend um but the um uh so it was um that was a hard thing but I was doing it not to you know, go after more money. I was chasing the work. And, and actually, whenever I've chased the work and not the money, I've always made more money. Wow. And, yes. and, and so um, I went there and, and actually, you know, Tim Delaney was a really top um, uh, copywriter, but he wouldn't. He didn't buy anything that I wrote in a year and a half. And I, I tried like crazy and there was no amount of like getting anything through him. But I had all this work that um, I had amassed because he just wouldn't buy it. But I discovered this voice and I, and I went, oh, um, so and it was a really hard, you know, like year and a half of like just like you, your boss didn't really want you there. And I've never really had that before. Whereas Sarchi's, I was kind of really, you know, people really liked me. And um, so it was like suddenly you go into this environment where you go, hey, he probably doesn't rate you as a writer. Um, he's not going to buy anything. He really hired your mate, not you. Um, and you go, oh, okay. Um, but I had amassed all this work. Yes. And, and so I turned that work into T-shirts and I started a company called Howie's which gave myself and Claire the biggest paycheck we ever had um, because we ended up selling it to Timbaland. We, we had people like Japan's richest guy wanted to buy it. You know, Steve Case, who started AOL, AOL uh, wanted to buy it. We had a company called PPR, which is now called Karen, you know, which own uh, a portfolio of amazing brands called Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent and Puma. And they'd, They'd made a shortlist of two brands in the world that they wanted to buy, and Howie's was one of them. Wow! So, so kind of um, and, so and, the, and the, the, knowing you as I think I might, Howie's uh, Howie's wasn't necessarily sold to the highest bidder. Was Timberlander sort of? No, it, we didn't actually sell it to the highest bidder. We actually sold it to somebody who said they, that Wales meant more to them than anybody else. So, yeah, um, yeah, like. Steve Case wanted to invest twenty-five to thirty million dollars, but the only catch was, I mean, Claire had to go and move to, um, you know, California, which we'd never been to California at the time, and we didn't know how warm it was. And maybe, in uh, benefit of hindsight, we probably would have done that. But only joking. But no, we were committed to Cardigan, and we we stay committed to Cardigan. We like being part of a small community, and we're we're just a little tiny bit of that community. No big fish. Um, and, and, and I so, also know. The, I also know, by the way, that obviously Hyatt Denim got going because you wanted to save a factory where four hundred people were being laid off, and it was a denim factory. And Hyatt Denim was born with with your sense yes. of community at its core. I mean, and Wales yeah, and, and 
and the, and this is still work in progress. I mean, really, part of my search is is there is it possible to do business in another way where you're trying to serve your um, community rather than just milk your community, and and that's always the thing. You, and um, and it's and it's harder, but it's also more worthwhile in the end. And um, I love and, that one of so your the, one of your venues, by the way, is called the Cowshed, and you just talk about milking your community and not milking them. It's lovely and happily yeah, ironic because you've got the Cowshed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is that thing of like building a community, serving your community. Every time I've ever served my community, I've won. I mean, even though I didn't, I wasn't doing it just to do that. Um, and and that's the, the moral really is every time I chase the work, not the money, I got the biggest paycheck I've ever done. And uh, and every time I've chased any kind of money, I mean, well, I haven't really chased the money. It, the, I've always chased the work. So. And your own do publication of that of itself is a great series of books, but do purpose was one that was given to us in attending your workshop about having big ideas and how to go about doing that. So, yeah, and, so you're I mean, all about another, purpose and connection is what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, a business has the ability to make change and that, that change can be a positive one. It can be a negative one in the wrong hands for sure. But I think a business is a really amazing tool for change um, and and that's the opportunity of the business, really. Um, and with community at its core in everything that you're doing purposefully is what I'm also hearing. Yeah, no. And I mean, like every business has many communities to serve. And, and you know, there's there's the inner community and that's your team. I mean, you know, there's. There's the, the, your closer community, which is your town. Do you mean like there's a bigger community called you know the planet? Are you a, a polluter or are you trying to minimize what you're doing? So there's many communities that you're going to serve. I mean, obviously your customers want. Do you mean, but most most businesses only try and serve you know the founder if yes. they're truly on it. And and I think that's like a like you're playing pretty small as a business owner when that's all you do. And and lo and behold, when the hard times come. You, you know the big storm comes and you haven't put any roots down and you're the tree that gets blown down yes and by the way your your integrity is very interesting as well because of um i, I read a recent post where it, there's a leadership reflections thing in the fact that you said never stand in the way of somebody else's dream where you're being you were letting go somebody was that was incredibly precious to you within the community of the hyatt denim factory that was one of your recent posts yeah i mean i think there's it's always hard, right? You know, you're running a business. You, your business is only as good as the people you attract in terms of like your team. And and so like your future is based on like how good you attract in talent. And, but like talent comes and, you know, and talent is really like an amazing human being who has incredible drive. And, and the moment you get in the way of your of their dreams, you're really like only thinking about yourself. And you've got to attract people, but also know they're probably going to leave and go and do other amazing things. And if you actually hire amazing people, they're almost definitely going to go and do other amazing things. And so so the, the mentality for a lot of business owners is they want you know, people to stay forever. 
And and I'm there going, I would rather be a, like a launch pad than a retirement home. And <laughs> because, because like, you know, you're going to, like when somebody amazing leaves, you're going to get more people want to come and work for you anyway. So it it's only, it's, it's, it really is a, if you want to make a distinction, it's the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset. You know, um, you know, Leanne wanted to go to London. She's amazing. She's incredible. She's got a beautiful energy about her. She's super talented. I mean, I sent her on, um, even when she was freelance, I sent her like to America on a course. Um, and people go, why would you send her? You haven't employed her. I'm going, it doesn't really matter because if I do employ her, it's because she wants to be employed. Um, and and lo and behold, she said, "Hey, I, I'm going to stay in Cardigan for a while. Uh, I'd like to work for you." And you go, "Great!" And but I didn't know that. So, and I don't know if you've ever written that down. I'd I'd rather be a launch pad than a retirement home. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, know, actually. <laughs> Um, wonderful. So I think we could have found the four shapages. Now there could be some overlap, but three things that inspire you now, and it could be there's, you know, you, you may be giving me that anyway. But the the, the thing that inspires me is, well, it's many things. But when I meet somebody who has hunger and really wants to go and you know I'll go back to that original question of where you now, where do you want to be? And when I see the hunger. It, you don't always see the talent that comes with it because the hunger really trains the talent. And, um, and so I, I love working with hungry people and I get a kick out of that. And, and I, I care about them because they care about them. And, and I, I can't never wish like more for their future than they wish for their future. Do you mean? So it's, it's, and to, to give you an example, I mean, we tried to do uh, after like um, I had a year where I wasn't allowed to do anything I knew anything about for after I sold Howie's. Right. So um, I had too much time and I had a little bit of money and I, somebody came to me and said, oh, do you want to start a pub? I'm going to literally I make an investment on a Friday in a pub between six o'clock and half past seven. And sometimes that investment is really poor. Um, and um um, so that's as much as an investment as I want. So anyway, I ended up being a sleeping partner to this thing on on certain rules, and it was a, an absolute car crash. I mean, it was, you know, um, and you know, it lost a ton of money. It was. So it's a car of, crashing um, into, the, into the side of a pub, by the sound of it. <laughs> oh, it was it was on another level. But um, to give you an example of what can happen is, you know, the waiter um, he was. He was really interesting. He was super bright, but he was really, really arrogant. Um, but I quite liked him, and I and I I'd give him books, and he would do something which was quite rare, and that was actually read them. Um, and uh, you know, people like you go, oh, go and read this book, and they just leave it on their table, um, which which kind of is a marker for lack of hunger, right? So, um, but the but he would read them and he said, I've got any more. I'm going, yeah, okay, got more. And so anyway, we're closing this pub. We've just been voted, I don't know, something in this book that only seven other restaurants have been, you know, like, and we're pushing this fridge out of the cellar door and the bloody fridge won't go out of the bloody cellar because the bloody wheels are on it. And, uh, and so then there's this Porsche Cayenne. I literally can see it now. Porsche Cayenne pulled up on the street, 
And I see this guy walking towards us and he poked his head through the cell and he said, are you open tonight? And I went, <laughs> not tonight, probably not tomorrow night either. He's going, oh, okay then, don't worry. So anyway, the going back to Tom, um, uh, I was speaking to a friend in London who was creative director at White and Kenny, and he said, do you know any good writers? I said, well, I know, um, I know somebody's really raw. I think he's a good writer because I kind of got him to write some stuff for me. He's a terrible waiter. So if you're going to hire him for a waiter, I wouldn't. But if you're going <laughs> to hire him to be um, a writer, I think he could do a good job. So anyway, he got a job as a uh, copywriter in what I consider to be one of the best advertising agencies in the world, White and Kendi, who also do Just Do It. Um, and he did really well. And and he wrote uh, the Coca-Cola commercial for Christmas one year. And and so terrible waiter, really good writer. And and the last I heard from him, he said, Dave, can you can you, you know, like you know, do this reference for me? Because I've um, I just been headhunted for creative director of this amazing uh, um, advertising agency in New York and I was kind of tempted to go like don't let him in the country um, as my reference but um, <laughs> but he so, so he's gone from like being you know like a pretty average waiter uh, you know not even average waiter um, to he said he was terrible yeah. <laughs> yes terrible uh, yes. terrible um, and but but actually when you when you see hunger is that's a really lovely thing. And and as much as every says they're hungry, most people say they're hungry, but they don't actually follow through on their words. And yes. and so yes. and so hunger is actually quite rare. And so, if they're backing um, themselves, it makes it much easier then to, to be able to invest in them psychologically because they back themselves, yeah. they have the hunger and they, they want to yeah. do it. So, so um, so back to you. You're still in the influencing canopy, or we can get on to two things that never fail to grab your attention, depending on where you, you feel you're yeah, at within your yeah, two, yeah, two two things. Um, was there two things that that never fail to grab your attention? Dolph squirrels. So, what are your squirrels of distraction, David Hyatt? Um, I can't refuse a interesting book. So, I, if I'm listening to a podcast, and if I say um, like now. Like if if I mention the Daily Laws by Robert Greene, like I would be the person who's listening to this podcast and going, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And what I, was I that book again? A, it's um, the Daily Laws by Robert Greene, right. three hundred sixty-six meditations on power, seduction, mastery, strategy, and human nature. Nice, and it's it's pretty pretty brilliant. But I would be the one who's listening to this podcast and I would literally, as we're speaking, I would be buying the book. So my rule is if it's interesting, I don't have to think about it. I just buy the, the blinking book. Right. So, so my, my thing is I love learning. And, um, and so I'm a, I love buying books. I love listening to podcasts. I mean, it's a, it's a joy to be on your podcast but the, I just love that thing of like, I don't know, people sharing insights and, you know, inspiration, whatever. I just, it's never, never not been of interest to me. And the hard thing for me is to like to do the hard stop and to go, right, okay, enough. This is some, you know, quiet time. Uh, that's the hard thing. Um, 
the the other thing that inspires me is really wanting to get better writing right now do you mean so um and that thing of the the different levels that you are on and and you know and i guess this is related to learning but it's like um people say oh you're a good writer and go well i'd like to be on that next level and what do i have to do to um to do that and and right now is like i want to learn how to be you know like to, to do more humorous stuff more irreverent stuff so i'm literally writing out a piece of writing that i love and i'm and i'm i'm writing it handwriting it and saying it out loud 100 times and and it takes 12 minutes so that's 20 hours of um but at the end of it i'm just going oh and then, and, and next month you go what do i want to learn oh i want to learn about inspiration okay so i'm going to handwrite something else and and i i like backing myself not just go, I want to be a better writer. I'm, going, I'm, I'm literally backing myself by doing the hard stuff in order to, well, is it possible to get to another level? And, and, I, and that inspires me. And I can see what you're doing there because you're, the best way to, to learn something properly is, is be, force yourself to teach it. I know that you're teaching a course, which I've actually signed up to on how to become a better writer in a couple of months' time. And I love the fact that you're doing the preparation now by... So you're going to be sharing a work in progress, which is very commendable. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's going to be a really delightful work in progress, yeah. I don't doubt. Yeah, and it's a good point. I mean, I've, every time I've done a course, I've been on a learning journey myself. I'm the, literally going, God, like the, the person who's probably going to learn the most is me because I'm like, going, wow, <laughs> what does that next level truly look like? And, and you can't stand in front of people unless you've done the work. Yes, I mean, yes. I think it goes right back to your painting and it goes right back to your painting and decorating. It's all about the preparation before you can slap it on. All about the prep, and but most people don't want to do the prep. They just because in painting you can get away with a job because it's only in about a year's time or uh, maybe a year and a half's time that actually people will actually find out that you didn't do a good job, and it starts peeling off the walls. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and it's and it's only f in five years time that they find out you did a really great job. Yeah. So it's like delayed yes. gratification of like oh, foundation, good job, Dave. You... Foundations <laughs> of awesomeness. OK, we yes. could be up to now. Th this is now the uh, uh, quirky or unusual fact about you. We couldn't possibly know until you tell us. OK, this is well, I had to think about this one and it's kind of interesting. And so I'm like pretty shy. Um, uh introvert and so i had this moment in school where i'd um entered a raffle and um and it was for a greenpeace t-shirt so I, I was quite into it and um and then they announced the winner in front of everyone at school and and i knew a second before he announced it that i'd won right and I, i'm there going and i knew i'd have to get up in front of everybody and take the claps and and I just made a um I made a pact myself I'm never gonna go and enter a raffle again because having <laughs> all that having all that attention on me like it was horrendous and I loved the t-shirt and I, I wore the t-shirt until it was rags but and 
the the mirror story to that was a, a friend uh, who I did text this morning, actually, funny enough, because I was thinking about him, was he invited me to a rugby game, uh, you know, Ireland and Wales, and it was a posh dinner, and and he and he, he had this table, and you know, we were having a couple of beers, and it was lovely, and he said, I've entered everybody on the table into the raffle. <laughs> and I, I was like, I had this really... Uh, I'd had a couple of beers and I was then suddenly completely sober. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I know what's going to happen next. And, and, and lo and behold, and the winner is, so David Hyatt. And I'm going, and then there's TV cameras there. There's the Welsh oh, rugby player. Next level and, raffle. And, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm literally just going, oh. So that was the one fact that I don't enter raffles. I'm actually really shy. I don't like attention. And, um, and the fact so you've won, because... you've won the two raffles means I'd just like to pull alongside you and enter a raffle with you. The comedy route of three. <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah, quirky, unusual so... fact. Um, so yeah. now we've shaken your tree. Awesome shakeage. Now we're going to move away from the tree, but staying in the clearing, which is in your cold seascape of... of wonderment and now we're going to talk about alchemy and gold uh when you're at purpose and in flow what are you absolutely happiest doing david hyatt in what you're here to reveal to the world so i've got a discipline of trying to do three hours of work each day and that's enough and 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 what i'm doing at that point is i'm in the shed i'm i've set my timer and I do it in hour chunks because then I can have a coffee or go to the toilet. But um, and it's fifty nine minutes, fifty nine seconds, and I work without um, you know without anything. All everything switched off, and and I literally am just writing, and I'm really f super focused. And and if I can string two hours or you know, on a really amazing day, three hours, I've done more work than most people do in eight hours. And, uh, and I'm and I'm really focused. I'm not multitasking. I'm literally doing that. And I'm writing. I'm researching. And and right now I've I've written. I'm doing a, a, a course for small magical events, which is my big course for the year. Um, but I've written uh, by the end of it, I will have written two books. And but but I'm doing it in chunks of two to three hours a day. And so I I'm in the shed. It's probably raining. And I'm super focused and I've had a black coffee and all is good. Lovely answer. And now I'm going to award you with a cake uh, rather than just splatching it in your face. First of all, do you like cake, Mr. David Hyatt? I do, and especially with a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, not the black coffee, a cup of tea. Is the tea black as well, can we ask? Are you doing milk at the moment? Uh, no, I, I do do white uh, tea, but, but cake needs kind of tea as opposed to coffee, I think. Um, and, and it's your cake, so what cake are we going for? It's a metaphorical cake, so I may deliver it someday in person, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, um, oh, I like my mum's, um, like, Christmas cake, you know, like, you know, sort of, like, it's full of fruit, and, I mean, it's quite, it's very much a meal. I mean, it's got a lot of energy in there, but... Um, so, Although yeah, my, the, last the, guest you... was, my last guest was Christopher Biggins, and he likes Christmas cake with marzipan. So do you have marzipan? Yeah, marzipan. I, mean, look, I actually don't, I'm not opposed to marzipan. I don't always always love it, but I just think now and again, I kind of enjoy it. So, but yeah, a beautiful Christmas cake is fantastic. So. Splendiferous. And now the multi-layered cakeness is what's your favourite inspirational quote? 
that has always given you sucker and pulled you towards your future is question number one of the cake. This is where you're putting a cherry on the cake. Yeah, I mean, my old boss um, uh, was uh, Paul Arden, and he's written, bless him, he's no longer with us, but he his most famous book was It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be. And and I, I, get, I think that goes back to my hunger. That goes back to you know, where are you now? Where do you want to be? Um, and and I love that quote because it really is uh, like it does celebrate hunger. And and I, I kind of, you know, being an, you know, I like underdogs because they they have the hunger. And so, yeah, Paul Arden, and I recommend his book as well. It's an amazing book. It's not how good you are. It's how good you want to be. Lovely. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, I think when I, I mean, this sounds a bit odd, but like um, when I was painting, I was really, you know, I'd been strong out of college. I'd had a you know business that didn't last and, and um, I was having a cup of tea um, with the lady that we were working for painting her house. And, and she asked me, like, what is it you want to do? I said, well, I actually want to try and get in, into advertising. I, I want to be a writer. And, but I'm not sure if I can. And she said, well, why didn't you try? And, and I, I think, you know, and I just went, yeah. And I think that thing, uh, I've learned that the importance of, like, if, there's so many things that I could say that, you know, like there's other people who went to a better college or read more books or, you know, like not dyslexic. But I I do love the thing in the world where, you know, the, the person who tries super hard can actually make it. Resonates so well with, you know, what you dream is what you do. So dream big, which resonates with that lovely thing about, you know, what you, the difference in life between what you want and what you get is what you do. So I love that energy of trying. Fantastic. Yeah. Definitely. Um, what notes, help or advice might you proffer to a younger version of David Hyatt? Um, if I was, you know, talking to my 21 year old self, I would say do 30 minutes a day on getting better at writing. And because that would be significantly massive. Um, and I think what most of us sort of uh, forget is the importance of how uh, it, when you change a little something you change a lot of things and and that that you know like doing the press-ups every every day for 30 minutes a day you think oh it's not going to make much difference and and it is over a decade significant and remarkable and fall in love with that small win each day where you go, oh, 20 minutes isn't going to do any difference. 30 minutes won't do any difference. And, you know, if I, if I was commuting, I'd just go, I would literally go and write, how do I get better at this thing for 30 minutes a day? That's what I would say to myself. And because um, otherwise um, we fall in love with you know, the big win and the big wins are actually just, you know, like just small wins that add up all the time. And, you know, so compound your 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 ability to learn each day is incredible. And I've got a quote here, which I know I've already given you a quote, but it's it's not your studies that will bear fruit, but the intensity of your attention. And and so that intensity of like 
30 minutes a day. Okay, right, okay. Learn from the best. Okay, what can I learn from this? Okay, how do I get better? And that's a nice journey to go on. That's a lovely journey. And we're going to crank up to Shakespeare and legacy in a moment. But first of all, I'd just like to find out where can we find out more about David Hyatt, the Do Lectures, and the empire of polymathness that is you? Where can we find out more about you on the hinterweb? Well, I mean, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm writing, I tend to write each and every day. Um, and and again, I'm going to the, um, the, the word gym because I want to get better. Uh, and so... I'm there, the, the do lectures uk or .com or whatever. I mean, it's got a nice fancy website. The high denim, you know, if you need jeans, come. We've got um, the best jeans in the world. And it's a different um, spelling to your surname, isn't it? The Hyatt. And the Hyatt. Yeah, it's, it's H-I-U-T. Um, and it's, it's Hyatt, obviously, for our surname, but also U-T for utility because, you know, jeans are a great utilitarian product for the creative man and woman. Um, Nice. The, um, yeah, so, so kind of, I mean, on Google, you're not very far away from finding me. So um, yeah, I'm pretty active on, definitely on LinkedIn, I'm doing some stuff. So so there's two more moments left. Um, so now Shakespeare and all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. When all is said and done, David Hyatt, how would you most like to be remembered? Um, well, I mean, it's, I would like to, be remembered as someone who tried to find another way to do business and and where you are trying to serve your community where you know you're you're trying to use business to change things for the better and 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 i think that's that's what more of us need to do i think so I lied, there's one other component as well. Um, as you've been here for the first of the stories of distinction and genius, um, as well, there, this is a new thing called pass the baton, please, a bit like cashier number one, please. Is there anyone, you don't have to have the answer this straight away, but is there anyone that you can think of that deserves a good listening to off the back of you having been given a good listening to? Oh, um, um, I'll have to have a think about that. I mean, I'm... Um, have a think. Um, I will have a think because actually I, I want to give you a good recommendation. Um, and as somebody, you know, uh, who definitely inspires me. Um, and there, there's literally so many. I just want to, but I want to maybe get the right person for you. Um, so I, I don't want to think off the top of my head, but. No, no, um, I, I thank you. You're the first person I've tried the cashier number one, please pass the baton, please. So yes, that's it's trailblaze of genius I'm after. Those with a story of distinction uh, and genius. I'll, I'll give you one person that inspires me and and that, that is Yvonne Chenard at Patagonia, um, who's um, you know, purpose-driven founder or co-founder of the clothing company and uh, just a, you know, this is a good end point, I guess, because when I started in Hyatt Denim, I phoned him up and said, Yvonne, like, and we nearly did something together in terms of how he's in Patagonia. And so, um, and I'd written something that inspired Patagonia to go and do business in a different way. And so we had like a mutual respect. And, and I said, look, how do you, how did you keep hold of Patagonia? Because I want to make sure that I keep hold of Hyatt now. 
um, because I didn't with Howie's and I just wanted to make, you know, like I, I, I was on a different path. And he said, oh, that's a good question, David. Um, he said, the answer is 40 years hard work. And I went, ah, I thought as much. And then he said, um, and then two remortgages. And I went, ah, yeah. Okay. And I guess what he was, he was saying to me is, you know, ultimately there's no quick wins. And, and that thing of going, going in each day, trying to push something forward and, and fall in love with that beautiful cadence of just going, can we get better today? Can we get better today? And, and everybody wants a quick win. And I've never, ever found one. As this has been your moment in the sunshine of the Good Listening To show, is there anything else, David Hyatt, you would like to say? Um, no, if you haven't started, start. And if you have started, um, learn how to you know, invest in yourself because it, it's really the journey you're on is, is like the person you want to arrive at your destination is a different person and hopefully a better person. So... Thank you so much for truly inspirational time in the clearing with you. And thank you seriously for that wonderfully warm recommendation as well. Um, so you've been listening to David Hyatt from The Do Lectures, uh, a, a wonderful polymath. You can have that word for free. It's quite interesting if you just Google the word polymath. It's quite interesting. And that's what I think you are. And I relate to that very strongly. And I'll, I'll see you in a month because I will be coming to your writing course. <laughs> okay. You so, um, <laughs> your pet stalker will continue in a good way, I promise. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to me, Chris Grimes. But most importantly, this has been David Hyatt. I'm just going to stop recording there. And uh, good night. You've been listening to the Good Listening To show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's myself. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from the clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show, too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's... At that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan... To your good health. And goodbye. So, uh, David, you've just been given a good listening to. Thank you for saying yes. How was that experience for you? What do you think of this curated journey and the structure of the podcast? I, I loved it. Um, it kind of um, it made me think. Yeah, you kept me on my toes and, 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 I, and I had to make sure I prepared for it because I hadn't really been on a podcast with such an interesting set of questions. So well done. Thank you very much. And sincerely, thank you for saying yes. I did really enjoy the moment when I said, OK, ask the question, yes or no. And there's the most delicious story, by the way, about David Bowie. Have I shared this with you before in times we've been talking? Yeah. It's where someone had David Bowie as their absolute hero. And with the mantra of until you ask the question, the answer is always going to be no. They were a sound engineer. And one fateful day came by when David Bowie walked past and they just went, David. And he looked at him straight in the eyes and he said, would you like a cup of coffee? And apparently David Bowie went, no, thanks. And just got on with his life. <laughs> But it was a perfect exchange because yes is fine, but so is no. The world yeah, is not yeah, binary, yeah. but I love the fact that you had a moment of connection and that was enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, look forward to seeing you again when I do, but thank yeah. you so much. Really appreciate it. I'll stop okay. again there.